I'm Elena Salinas, software engineer and host of the Women in Tech show, technical interviews with prominent women in tech. Communities are an important component of open source software. Karen Chu, community manager at Microsoft, talked about communities in the cloud computing space. Karen explained different ways to manage and nurture a community. We talked about marketing, workshops, and conferences. Karen is one of the creators of the Illustrated Children's Guide to Kubernetes, which we also talked about. This show is brought to you by Pseudoshirt, an online store featuring apparel designed by developers for developers. Pseudoshirt features subtle designs for you to show your love for technology. Check it out by going to pseudoshirt.com. That's S-U-D-O shirt.com. Thank you. Karen Chu is joining us today. We're here at the Microsoft campus in San Francisco. Karen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And today we're going to talk about various topics. Most of them revolve around, you know, cloud, communities, marketing. First, I want to begin with something I found really interesting in the Kubernetes space is this, this guide to Kubernetes, and it's called Fifi goes to the zoo, a Kubernetes story, the illustrated children's guide to Kubernetes. Can you explain what this is? Yeah, so Fippy Goes to the Zoo is actually the second series of this book that my colleague Matt Bush and I worked on when we were at Deus. So Deus was a startup that we were at before Microsoft acquired us almost two years ago. And back then, this was the first time that Matt actually was introducing the concept of Kubernetes to the team at an offsite. And so he kind of did this like very simple high-level slideshow explaining these concepts. At one point, really explain it, like what he does to his children. That was kind of the model of what this all started as. And so we took that slide deck and then morphed it into like what became the Illustrated Children's Guide to Kubernetes. And so that was the first version of what we worked on. And, we, you know, we gave these out at conferences and they just got pretty popular. So <laughs> I think they did. And at one point, CNCF approached us and was like, hey, like, would you like to donate this to us? And like, we thought that was a really great idea to kind of just continue giving back to the community. And really, it's just a tool for people to learn. And so with the whole donation, you know, we kind of celebrated that donation by working on the second book. And so at the last Kubernetes conference, KubeCon in Seattle, back in December, we did a reading of the second book. And so the second book is Fippy Goes to the Zoo. And that's kind of where it's all at now. Yeah. In the title of the book, it mentions Children's Guide. You talked about how this is shared at conferences, tech conference, I assume. I don't see many children there. So is this... <laughs> for children or what did it become? Yeah, so the way that the book is formatted is like one side of the book is kind of a children's story where you have these characters going around on this, you know, on their adventure. And then the other half is like high level explanations of concepts. And so, I mean, it's not just for children. I think it's a book for parents and children. And so, you know, I think there are a lot of people in this space who do have young children. And it, I, I think they do like it because it gives them an opportunity to kind of explain what they do to their children and both parties can enjoy it. Yeah. What I also like about it is that sometimes 
in technology, there can be people that are like, oh, the cloud space is just sounds too complicated, distributed system. So maybe if they come across these resources, they're like, oh, you know, this is you know, yeah. accessible for them to onboard with this space if they were working on a different area. Right, right. Yeah, it's definitely, like I said, it's high level. People definitely joked about like giving this to their, you know, their higher ups. Um, yeah. It's not intended to be super technical. Um, and I think most people know that, that it's lighthearted and fun and um, yeah, like kind of meant for like everyone to be able to understand it. Through your experience working in this book, what are some characteristics that you found of explaining technical concepts in in terms, you know, that a child can understand. Is there something important there that you took from the experience of seeing this book? The reason I ask this is because I've had experiences in doing technical interviews, with, right. you know, for a job or anything. And sometimes they ask, like, how would you explain this to, like, a five-year-old or something like that? Are, are there some insights that you took from this? Well, I think with... I think with the second book, the way that we kind of not personified, but like, you know, like we describe these concepts and behaviors by matching them to animals, I think kind of made it easier because it was like, you know, like just based on like generic yeah behaviors of like what a certain animal would do or how they behave in a group and things like that. I think, you know, essentially by taking the zoo route, like we had some parameters of how to describe things or like it was easier to like make analogies between concepts and animals. For the people that haven't seen this content and this book, can you give an example of like an animal and what concept it was representing? Like one of those choices. Yeah, let me think. For example, like Pippi. Oh, well, Pippi represents a PHP app originally. Okay. And so like in the first book, you know, she's like approached by Captain Cube, who's this owl that represents Kubernetes. And so, like, she, as an app, gets introduced into, like, Kubernetes concepts and, like, kind of, like, her environment, which is, like, originally this crate to represent, like, a container, but then she goes on a ship. And I'm trying to think of an example from the second book, but I think, like, for example, like, we are explaining the concept of, like, CRDs. And so the way that we represented that was by having all these different, like, experimental animals. And so, like, I think, like, one of the images that you see is, like, a giraffe, but with, like, a hippo head. And so, like, it was just kind of, like, you know, like, unique creations and that was kind of the line that we drew for CRDs. Yeah. In this project, you worked in the design of it. Was there a process for designing this or what was sort of the approach? Yeah. So basically, we started with a rough draft of the actual text in which Matt wrote very like kind of like generic concepts and like I said like behaviors and all of that and so once we had that to work with we kind of like went through each topic and then was like well like how could this be conceptualized as an animal and so like you know there are versions where like something was just described as like you know, a creature. And then we decided like, oh, like what, it'd be really funny if it looked like mini Sasquatch or, you know, this actually might work if it's a series of meerkats. And so a lot of it is just kind of like connecting the dots of like what these words are and then the concept of like the visuals. And so 
yeah, like as for my role, it was a lot of taking the text and then kind of figuring out what it would look like. And then we spent a lot of time just like drawing really bad sketches of what these would look like and writing, you know, notes of what we wanted, but couldn't necessarily like draw for our artist Bailey. And that was where she, where she came in, in which she took, you know, what, yeah, what we asked for in words, and then she executed it from there. That would be the illustrator of the yeah, book? Yeah, right. Yeah. Bailey was the illustrator who we also used for the first book as well. Okay. Yeah. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about community and marketing. You had experience in this area, particularly in the cloud space. Like you mentioned earlier, you were at Deus and, and now at Microsoft. Can you explain a bit what community marketing consists of? Yeah, so when my friends ask, this is kind of what I tell them. So I would say that my work is less focused on like sales and kind of feeding that funnel and things like SEO. Um, I don't necessarily touch. And more so, I'm more focused on um, fostering, you know, like the product team's uh, relationship with the open source community. And so whether that's through conferences or meetups or workshops or just kind of like, you know, us providing resources for the community when we can, that's kind of where I step in, I think. Exactly. Let's talk about workshops. I saw that you've worked on this and, you know, putting them together as part of this community marketing efforts. In your opinion, how are workshops structures or what do they consist of? What can people expect from these workshops? Yeah, so the workshops that I tend to work on are usually open source focused. And so, for example, we did a pre-KubeCon community day in December. And basically, you know, we had our team works on a bunch of different tools. And so, um, you know, we had workshops that covered virtual Kubelet and Helm and Draft and Brigade. And um, I mean, it was probably specific to this event, but like we just launched CNAB the week before. And so for us, workshops are really just about getting people to like try these open source tools, like not necessarily, like I said earlier, like, you know, I'm not really here to like make sales or anything. And so really, again, just getting people to try these tools. Usually we you know, like we'll send out an email before your workshop to kind of let you know like how you need to get set up before coming in, all the docs and our, a lot of our workshops are also just on GitHub. And so, yeah, I think, you know, we try and make these hands on for the ones that we just did. Like it was like the project core maintainers running it. So just like having good resources and, you know, basically having people from the source, kind of how I like to run the workshops. And yeah, again, just getting people to try stuff because there's so many tools out there. And I think, you know, it's good to get that exposure. And we actually haven't been doing a lot of workshops until recently. And so I'm actually learning a lot as well. And I feel like the first ones we did were, were good and they were well attended. So <laughs> yeah, this I find really interesting because I think it's unique to the, the open source software community and industry because like you mentioned if you go to one of these workshops you're not necessarily listening to a sales pitch or like use our tools a lot of it is about these are open source tools and here's how you can use them and you know it could translate to a sale but that's not necessarily the most important thing because you can also get people 
engage with the tool and then they contribute to the open source. So I think it's win-win everywhere in, in a sense that they benefit from the tools and they might be contributors or right, they right. might end up using a product. So. Yeah, because I mean, it, we don't, like, we're not there to, like, collect any, you know, information or yeah. anything. And you're right. I think one of the most beneficial things is, like, people come and they, like, become personally interested in these projects and you know we've had people like become or just like from the community just get really interested and become maintainers and yeah that's always really nice to see yes definitely in terms of communities and in the open source space what are some of the ways that that you've seen of building and nurturing more this community i know we talked about workshops are there other things that you look at um yeah i mean i Definitely meetups, right? I think meetups are really, really big in the Kubernetes space. So, like, I am in San Francisco, but I actually help run, like, the Kubernetes Colorado meetup because our team has an office based out of Boulder. So that's one of them that I help run. I also, like, aside from, like, being specifically Kubernetes focused, like, I also help with the women in infrastructure meetup in Seattle. And so, again, meetups. And I think also just, like, even as... I mean, even though I'm going to use this example again, and it is a meetup, like the women in infrastructure one, like a lot of times it's just, I think part of like showing that you're a part of the community is giving back when you can. And so like just having like, granted, we come from a big company and we have resources, but it's like when people need space to do something, if I can help with that execution, like I'll try and get space for people to do things. Like another one, there is like the Kubernetes um, Vancouver meetup. And so, you know, people will often like need venue spaces to host meetups or like need food sponsored. That's kind of where we step in, where it's just like, because we can, right? Because we're a bigger company, we have the resources, like we're just really here to like help everyone learn. Um, so I think that's one way. I think the book is another. And then also I think another way of engaging with the community is like, I think having an active presence on Twitter. So I help run a lot of the Twitter accounts for our projects. And I think just always monitoring and like, you know, if someone has a question, even if it's a random question or a small question, like actively monitoring that and kind of throwing these questions back to our teams that work on these projects and just having like real people like people you know putting a face to the project and having kind of facilitating that I think is like a good way to show your community that you care and also that like you're a real person and like yeah and that like they can reach out. Can you talk about some of the ways in which a meetup can be structured or are they not structured? Just sort of what can people expect, you know, attending, you know, meetups? So usually when I run a meetup, either people will reach out to me or I'll reach out and I usually have two to three speakers and, you know, we usually we'll ask them for their talk and their abstract before then to kind of just make sure that it's not too salesy, like you're not pitching and also just that like it's appropriate for the audience. So usually, yeah, it's you come in, we'll have food and drinks at the beginning and then for like maybe half an hour and then you watch a talk or two, we do a little break in between and then we finish up with talks and then at the end it's kind of just like networking and people are able to hang around for a little bit. And yeah, I mean, we keep it pretty low key and just like, again, nothing meant to pitch really just like for people to come learn about something on, you know, like the middle of the week. Yes, definitely. I want to talk now about conferences because my experience has been that they're pretty big in this space, at least 
they've gotten bigger, <laughs> particularly recently KubeCon, Cloud Native Con in Seattle. I think there was 8,000 people. You attended this conference. Yeah. So I just wanted your thoughts for people looking to attend the conferences or for those people that have attended that are like maybe not thinking of going anymore. What do you recommend for people to make the most out of this big conferences? Yeah, I would say that there are a lot of things to take advantage of when you're there. So I think really it's kind of the conference has gotten very big. So I think it's more of like getting in on things early because there are a lot of free workshops, you know, like as like a co-located event, whether it's like before the conference or after. So for example, though, like for us, when we did the pre-KubeCon days, like we didn't, it wasn't listed as an official workshop, but just know that like there are a lot of things that will happen around these conferences that you should take advantage of. And also, I think there's so much going on at these conferences that like it does really help to build out your schedule because it's so easy to miss a session going on because, you know, you get caught up in conversations. So that I think is definitely something to do. Just like be organized about your schedule. And lastly, I don't know what I think is interesting about this conference is just like, you know, like we bring all our engineers to these things. And so like there's just a lot of good resources on the ground if you have questions because it is a very technical conference and you know like especially like with the open source stuff like the people who work on it will be there and just like take advantage of that exactly what about in terms of networking because this is something i hear often that go to network and you know talk to other people but there's people out there that struggle with this a lot so what are some opportunities people can get you know to put them in a place where networking can be facilitated well so okay so I think for me personally like I don't do well in large groups necessarily but I think like in a sense because these conferences are so big like I think you're past the threshold in which you can do like large networking things and so like you know if you're not super comfortable with being in like a large networking situation I would say like going to meetups kind of helps brings down the numbers a little bit Um, and just talking to people like after presentations and I guess like another way that might be a little like straightforward but I think like there are a lot of people in the community who have like their dms open on twitter and i actually feel like twitter has kind of broken down the barrier to like talking to people in a sense that like you know like i don't feel terrible or like weird about like just straight up messaging people with questions or just like asking them to grab a coffee because i think that's can kind of help just like introducing yourself i think it's relatively normal in the community just don't you know (laughs) be appropriate And yeah, again, I think meetups, just like, I think most people are very much so operating with the community mindset and everyone's pretty welcoming and open and just like really, really friendly. At least that's been my experience. I mean, it's my experience too. That's how I reached out. Yeah. You DM'd me on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Karen, thank you for taking the time to come on the show. It's been great talking to you. Thanks. It was my pleasure. 